Good morning. My name's Jeremy Wyeth. I'm president and CEO of Treasury Metals. I have with me Oren Baranowski, our CFO. And we'd like to take a little bit of time this morning to take you through uh, the Goliath Gold Complex, where we've come in the last 12 months, the team we've assembled, and some really exciting news that hit the scene this morning. Well, it's it. I mean, and look, I appreciate you guys um, taking the time out to speak to us. Um, we haven't spoken since, you know, sort of um, last quarter of last year. Um, wanted to talk about the spot deal you've just uh, done. Maybe we should kick off with that and then we'll sort of dive into the project proper and, uh, you know, what, what we're looking forward to in 2022. So, um, Oren, I guess you're the guy to talk to you about it. So, what's so special about this deal? Yeah. Great. Thanks, Matt. You know, I think this deal is, is transformative for us. It provides us with the funding that we need to take us through all of the different studies, permitting, community consultation, all the way to a production decision uh, and construction decision next year. So this is this is the money that will get us to that point in time uh, to where we're looking to build the mine. Um, you know, the details of the transaction is U.S. $20 million dollars. Uh, for a 2.2% royalty on the Goliath Gold Complex, so it covers the entire our entire uh, Goliath Gold Complex property package. Um, some of the, the positive features about it is it does have a uh, the right for for us uh, up until due, uh, sorry December 30, uh, 31st, 2028, to buy back 50% of the royalty, and we can use cash or shares uh, to buy that back. And there's an automatic step down. Of fifty percent of the royalty once we achieve a million and a half ounces uh, of commercial production, which I think is is an important factor for this. And as we see this as a as a growing you know, project with you know multiple targets on our land package, that uh, the upside is capped for I mean, on that royalty. So you know some of the con the concerns that people have with royalties is you're giving away all the upside. Well, we've capped that upside at at uh, at a million and a half ounces. Um, you know we think this is a very attractive financing for the company. Uh, it's completed at a significant premium to where our current trading uh, multiple is. You know, it's a it's a difficult equity market right now for for developers and 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 in the gold space or in the mining space. And and to be able to complete this this package with with minimal dilution uh, for shareholders, I think, is very positive. And it provides us with with all that necessary funding. And it's a the stamp of approval and an endorsement of of what we're doing at, at Treasury. What the, the the new management team is put in place. But why Why now? Because you're right, the, the markets are difficult, right? You know, at the end of Q3, you had 9.9 .9 million um, bucks, you raised 6.5, you know, just for Christmas. Um, could you not have waited a little bit longer to see what the markets would do before doing this deal? So what, what, why, why rush into this? I don't think we, I, we've been looking at this, uh, this process for, call it six months or so now, and we, we undertook this last, thinking about it last time, we're looking at what are the options available to, to companies at our stage to, to fund, uh, to take us through all those studies, to, to help build value, to take us to that construction decision? And, and, and we wanted to look at the options that, that can be less dilutive to, to shareholders. Obviously, you know, equity is one of those options, but quite punitive in the market today. Uh, and so that's why we, you know, we decided to go down the royalty path. And this, this gives us the, the critical mass to be able to move the project forward so we can can put our heads down and we can put the work into to making that the project better. Well, let's let's talk about that because I, I want you're you're going to get um, the plaudits and you're going to get the criticisms in equal measure. I suspect because people have different understandings of of the the process of raising money, right? So everyone's starting from a different base. So 
you guys are mind builders. You've done this a few times before. What's the what's the difference um, in, to you in terms of getting all the money in place now, which will take you through to that um, FID, versus raising money incrementally, maybe or maybe not, at, at higher um, share price, i.e., therefore cheaper money. So, when you're weighing that conversation, weighing those uh, options up, what's the conversation like at board level? I think you know the risk going with the incremental funding path is you're always at the mercy of of the market at that point in time, and so you know we feel this is a you know a, a risk mitigation measure to to have the money today to be able to deploy it as we see fit. Uh, so that um, you don't have to stop and start along the way, depending on what, what markets are like. This allows us to carry through and take longer term decisions as to how we want to uh, enhance the project uh, and looking at, at those types of items with, with building Goliath and going forward. And I think, Matt, Matt, I think if you look at it as well, the markets have been pretty brutal for the last 12 months. And I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see gold is seems to be picking up at the moment, which is really positive. But I, I just don't want to take that risk that we six months down the road and we the markets have not opened up and we then in even more trouble. We think this is a great deal now. If you look at the way, you know, how we've raised this money and the, the lower dilution that we've shown and the multiples we've shown, all of that to me is really positive and it means you know, we have this really strong team. I want them absolutely focused on getting through the activities to build this, not being stuck worrying about are we going to be able to get through the next six or 12 months. Okay, so the, so the anti-dilutionary component is, is a big part of decision-making. And, and again, I think you'll have shareholders that thank you for that. And there'll be others who, if they see this as, you know, I, I think as Michael Harrison, the uh, managing partner at Spot uh, Resource Streaming and Royalty Corp said they see this project as a long-term cash flow in a tier one money jurisdiction. You have those people that say, "Oh my goodness, you've just given away two point two percent of this of the upside of this project." But you put a few you put a few little bells and whistles in in in, in this deal too. So, do you want to talk us through how, you know what those what those are in terms of? Um, uh, your ability to kind of claw back, as it were? Well, for starters, we can buy back half of the royalty. So as the project gets bigger and better uh, and the economics improve, and as we move closer to a construction decision, thinking is that that royalty is, is worth more. So we can buy back half of it and, and, and resell it or keep those economics for ourselves. Uh, and then there is the step-down provision on one and a half million ounces. So as this project grows and the production profile increases, it automatically steps down by 50%. So you're looking today at a 2.2% royalty, but with the buyback and the step down, that's 0.55%. We, you know, we've taken 75% of that royalty burden off of the asset. Um, and so that's how you, that's how I would answer people, you know, looking at, 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 you know, giving away upside of the project long term. And, and, you know, the evaluation of this is, is multiples higher than where our current equity trading value. I mean, we're probably you know, in the 0.25 to 0.3 range, and, and you know, the $20 million is a 0.9 times NAV or 0.95 times NAV. So I think given the option to raise money at three times your trading multiple, I think most people would 
make that decision. okay but but, but let, let's be clear I want, I want to go i want to go through some of the points here that i think you know you might get some criticism for us i want people to understand why again you, you felt this was a good deal right you've got some minimum payments to make right so on a quarter, quarterly basis um on the earlier of d uh, end of 2027 or commercial production we'll talk about what that means in a second it's you know a half a million bucks per quarter, right? So you're giving about two million bucks a year. Let's say until the end of 2027, right? Two million bucks a year plus the buyback. Yeah, you can buy 50 a 50 percent back, but you, you got to pay money. You know, we're talking about 14 million bucks by the end before end of 24. We're talking 60 million bucks by the before the end of 25. 17 by the end of 2026, or 18.25 for the end of 2020. I mean, Sport have got their money back here, so. No wonder, I bet they're happy about the deal, but why should your shareholders be happy? It seems like you're, you're giving back a lot of the company. Well, you know, so we're, we're getting the cash today uh, for the royalty, and then there are these minimum payments included with that. So, yes, we can, and we can pay those minimum payments in cash, or we can pay them in equity, and it's our, at our choosing. And the equity is issued at a 5% discount to the five-day VWAP, which, you know, is a very, you're not getting... You know, today, if you're to do an equity deal, you're looking at probably a 15% discount from your share price, and you have to put in you know, a warrant or a half warrant onto that. So your cost of capital on that equity is, is way higher than, than you know, what the street rate would, would look at things. Uh, and, and our hope is that you know, with this announcement and with the, you know, the development we're looking to undertake on the project you know, with the PFS later this year, a resource update, trade-off studies, all those other things, as we move closer to construction, we would expect the equity price to be increasing over time. And so those equity issuances that we're doing are at you know, higher prices than where we are today, which also which continues to minimize that, that dilution. And the, the minimum payments are such that um, if we did, went, it's on commercial production. So if we hit our marks and, and we do a good job in construction, well, it's, it's sooner than that, right? So um, you know, I think we are confident in our abilities be able to move this project forward and and this financing was put in place with that in mind. Okay, now, and, and I'm like, and I, we've we've talked before. You, but both of you have talked with me before. You are a team of mind builders, so you know. I think there's some degree of confidence that that gives. But th th things go wrong, right? So I, I, need, I need to understand which which bits are your control and which bits are for you to define and which bits are not in your control. And the, and, the, and the bit that sits smack in the middle of that is this phrase commercial production because it affects the step down because as well as a 50% clawback there's a there's a kind of step up as it were for um sprout if you don't achieve commercial production by the end of 2028 right so how have you both defined commercial production because i've seen some pretty loose uh interpretations in the market i think it's uh, it's I think it 60 or 70% of of nameplate capacity so we're looking at a a 5000 ton a day mill so it's it's uh, I, I think it's seventy percent of that level for you know o over an average of thirty days. So as long you know over a month period, if we average thirty five hundred tons a day from the plant, we would declare commercial production at that point in time. So that's just price. That's just processing ore. It doesn't matter how many ounces come out the other end. You, you, if if you're whacking in sixty percent of nameplate, you're you're good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a pretty. There are quite a few different um, definitions of it, Matt, but. You know, we've looked at what is pretty standard for it. Um, and the way we're looking at the moment, you know, with the Q423 construction decision, Q425 um, production startup, 
And we're looking at probably three three to six months after that, probably closer to the three that will get ourselves to commercial production. So we're looking close to the end of 2025. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've come in, we're backing ourselves to be able to do this. The team we have has done this, can do it. So to me, the important thing is there's always a side to look at what is the, what is the, the downside to it. But the upside for us is that this should be, we should be reaching that in around four years' time. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that, that, that's where I wanted to go. So you, if you're aiming for the end of 2025, the, these things are all within a big tolerance for you guys as far as you're as far as you're concerned so you feel very very comfortable with the spot terms and, and the only reason i'm sort of digging into this is because you are going to have your distractors and i want you to answer them fully as to what, what gives you confidence to be able to say this is a really good deal for shareholders now and in the future absolutely Matt. and we're not you know we have very happy to answer those questions because we've spent six months going through this process at our board level at our management level and we've gone through it in absolute detail to make sure that we are comfortable that what we have out there is achievable. And that's what makes this deal so good for us. Okay. Well, look, in a minute, look, we'll, we'll get into what you're going to do with the money, right? Because you, you obviously 6.5 for Christmas. You, you, I, I suspect by the end of Q4, you'll have six, seven, eight million bucks left of the 9.9. Um, and I'm intrigued at what you're going to do. But I want to look back because you're, you, difficult. Last year, you're a new team here, right? I think that the company's had some, a, a checkered history in terms of perception in the marketplace. Previous management team not quite delivering everything that they said they would. You've come in as a team of mind builders, changed a lot of the processes and way that you, um, are driving this company forward. So, did you do what you said you were going to do in 2021 or did you miss a few things? Great question, Matt. And I think this to me is, the, is fundamental to, to where we're going. You know, we said at the beginning of the year, we raised money. We said we would drill 60,000 meters. And I think quite a few people said, good luck. Um, we drilled 60,085 meters and we finished those on the 20th of December. So we achieved it. We had some interesting challenges with fires and with all sorts of stuff in the summer, but we got through all of that. We had three drills running towards the end, achieved all of that. Uh, all of that is in the, the labs at the moment. One of the challenges has been getting assays out of the labs. And recently in the last couple of weeks, we've seen quite a pickup in that. So again, we're on track, as we said at that stage, to have a resource out in Q1. So that's all on track. To me, that is absolutely fundamental because that was a large portion of the money that was spent on drilling. Uh, we've gone through trade-off studies, and I think we spoke about this last time. There's two ways we attack the trade-off studies. One is on the revenue side and one is on the cost side. So on the revenue side, we did a whole lot of met test work for Goldland and Miller. And we Almost complete, we're very close to completing that, but seen very good results and improve, good improvements on Goldland and Miller. So from a revenue perspective, there's a bump. We also looked at silver. So we started testing silver about halfway through the year, found that we were getting silver in the Goldland and Miller um, assays. So now we've gone back and actually sent thousands, I think it's about 3,500 samples to the labs so that we can now actually include that. It won't be in the next resource we do because the labs just can't process that amount, but it will go into the effort, into the PFS and the FS. So again, there's another bump on the revenue side. 
On the cost side, we've gone through a whole host of trade-offs, one of them being haulage. Uh, we're looking at the options. The PEA was trucking. We're looking at railveyor, conveyor, um, pumping. They're all different options there. We've got them to a point now where we're doing additional details, but we're waiting for the resource because we need to apply this to the new numbers. Infrastructure is another big one where the PEA had $10 million on infrastructure for the mine. Now, the tree farm that we have at Goliath is fantastic infrastructure. It was a facility with about 400 people working in it before we bought it from the government. So we believe we can save 60 to 70% of that $10 million purely by um, redoing and working with that facility rather than building a new one. We're talking offices, we're talking uh, workshops, we're talking laydown areas, all of that sort of thing. Um, we've looked at um, the tailings. Um, you know, previously, um, 2019 was when our EA was done and we were looking at subaqueous tailings. Um, and we all know that the world has changed quite significantly. And most things are now, most areas are looking at sub-aerial. So we're going from saturated to non-saturated. Um, and we see, first of all, a better technical solution. We see it easier to construct, easier to operate, easier to monitor, easier to close, and potentially cheaper. So again, he has another opportunity to feed into um, that cost side of, of, of where we are. Um, I said earlier, the, the last quarter in 2021, we looked at a lot of exploration targets. So the first half of the year was very much the conversion and looking at that. Uh, Moira Kolb actually brought both the models together for the first time, and we've got some really interesting targets for this year, which I'll talk to a bit later. Um, and as we're getting these results now, in the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see results from the Far East, from the Fold Nose, all those areas that we were really excited about. And, you know, we're going to push as hard as we can to try and get some of that into this resource update. So I'm going to say watch this space because, you know, those were looking really good at the logging stage. And I want to see where, when those results come back, um, how that takes us. Probably the last area that's also quite significant for us is Previously, we always looked at Goldland as greenfields. The fact is, Goldland was an operating mine in the 80s, and it was never closed. So we still have permits for Goldland. So we've dug in and we've found some of this stuff dating back 40 years. And now we're looking at how we can turn this to our advantage, where it becomes a brownfield operation rather than a greenfield operation. So where we thought Goldland was potentially going to be a year behind Goliath, we're actually looking now, we don't have all the answers yet, but we are really pushing hard on this because this could become another opportunity for us to bring things ahead. So, you know, we're attacking the revenue source, the cost source, the schedule. Um, and I think you can see here that this is the approach of a team that's been there before. We're not just going to make this uh, an exercise. We're actually looking really, really detailed at how we can improve the, the financials, the schedule with the team that we have in place. So it, that's, that, that's interesting to me. So, right, you, I mean, the, the 60, 70% savings on, 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 on the 10 million is, is remarkable, but um, saving money 
you know, on the on the PA is is great, but it, it's going to come back to the size of this resource and you know how, how much of the historic information is coming through into, into the in, into the new study. Um, you must have an idea now. 60,000 60, meters, even visually, you, you, you geos can you know what you've got there, and obviously the assays are slow coming through. So. Strate strategies are important. We've, I've seen companies destroy the share value by coming out with a with a resource which is smaller than the market is expecting. So, one, do you understand the size of the resource that the market is expecting? Have expectations been set either by you or previous management? And would you delay putting that resource out if you didn't think that you could hit that number? Matt, I think, yeah, everybody would like the resource to be way bigger and way better. We understand that. To me, the important thing is, if you look at our previous resource, it was 2.5 million ounces, of which only 1.1 went into the mine plan. So I'm not in a game of making the resource much bigger. I'm actually in a game of making the mine plan much bigger because I actually get value out of the mine plan, not out of the resource. Yes, the resource is important. I think for us, absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not delaying putting the resource out. I'm actually trying to get the benefit, as you said, of the 60,000 meters. Um, initially, I thought I wouldn't get the exploration results, but I'm actually starting to get those. So we're now dealing with the conversion, Goliath, Goldland, and Miller. And then I'm looking at those others because I believe there's opportunity for us there, just like we found Miller in the last resource update that, you know, the Nosefold and, and the Far East are, are definitely out there with historic drilling and the drilling we're now getting in. This, to me, is a really exciting opportunity for the company and, at the same time, pushing really hard that the PFS will show us that our conversion rate is way more than 50%, which is what it was in the, the PEA. Right. Okay. So, you, are we talking about Q1, right? We're talking about Q1 for a resource, right? End of Q1. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fine, and you've indicated this this the sorts of numbers that you know have been talked about in, in the past, and I, you know the, the the paperwork talks about you know the, the, the life of mine and, and the grade etc. So if you can give the market confidence that this is recoverable ounces we're we're, we're talking about here that you can actually deliver it technically. Um, what does that do for the cost of money further down? I know we're at PEA stage, it's so early, so early, but you talk about an accelerated uh, study um, process that you're you're going into, and yes, you've got to get the the, the permitting um, sorted out and actually get the get the finances in place at some point. But given that, I mean, what, what do you, again from your experience of building mines in the past is what does that do to the cost of money? Getting the right mine plan in place rather than just broad inferred numbers it's it's critical you know the the resource is coming out q1 end of q2 we're going to have the pfs out and that's that's the first time we start seeing the conversion from resource into mine plan into the financial model and then you know there are things that i can't get in at that stage the silver that'll come in after that we you know as we're moving this forward into fs I remember saying, I think, in our first interview that I see this as a resource that's conservative that will grow from PEA to PFS to FS. So that's important for me. But even more important is that growth in the mine plan and the reserve that of what we're actually going to – that's what 
That's what drives our revenue line. So that, Matt, is where, you know, I, I see the opportunity there is um, it would be it would be silly for me to put out the resource before I get all the results back. So that's exactly why we're waiting. Um, and and we are continuing, and, and maybe I can just touch briefly on the 2022 program that we have in place. It's it's uh, 25,000 meters this year, quite a bit smaller than last year, and it's entirely exploration targets. So um, we did a you did a call with Moira a while back where she spoke about the excitement around all of these folded areas. Um, some of them have never been drilled because of just the complexity of getting to them. You know, it's it's hard to believe at the moment we've had temperatures below minus 40 in Dryden for the last month. And, and some of these areas have not frozen up yet. And the reason for that is we had a big dump of snow early on in the season and it's insulated. And so we're now in there clearing the snow away so that we can get access to these areas. But the all of those are just really what we need now to push this to the next stage. Okay, looking at costs, getting costs down, making sure that you're technically able to deliver a resource and go through the study phases relatively quickly. Let's let's look at the um, share registry because you've got first mining and first mining shareholders in there. You know, over thirty percent, whatever thirty two, thirty three percent of this thing, right? That which is great while they while they hang on to this, and as you go through your accelerated phase, some people may feel that they want to exercise those. They they may they, they may they may want to you know cash in on that one. With Sprott coming on board, what does that what does that do in terms of your ability to bring in more institutional shareholders? Because it's only they're only at thirty percent at the moment, uh, or indeed make sure that there's a kind of managed. Um, offload of first mining shares should that situation ever arise because you, you, you do need to manage that. Otherwise, it's a massive overhang for you guys. You know, the first mining shareholders that, that came uh, on the on the distribution, you know, from first mining back in the summer, I think a lot of those shareholders are, are still there because they they bought into first mining on the belief of, of building, you know, mining projects. And they like that, you know, we have a team in place that looking to advance and, and build a project. Um, you know, I think this financing will hopefully, you know, I, I think the, you know, we'll see an increase in institutional ownership because, you know, again, Sprott investment is, is that stamp of approval that, you know, this is a management team that is going to advance this project forward. You know, we're moving from being just kind of one of the other developers to a developer that's going to get it done. And, and that's, you know, the institutional markets are, you know, they're picking their horses, right? And I think we're a horse that you can, that you can back. And I, and I would, I would look at this as something that can, that would be attractive to institutional investors and, and would see, you know, I would expect to see our institutional registry increase. And also, Matt, we've seen uh, first mining with the distribution are now down to just under 15%. Yeah, but um, I think I, I also bet first mining shareholders themselves have got another 17. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So between you know, and and I and, and we did speak to the first mining CEO, and he was he recommended to shareholders that they one obviously take take this deal, but also more importantly hold on to the shares because they, they, he 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 understands what you've got there. Um, and I, I I'm don't I, I don't think that's that position has changed, but it was a, it was a question of relationship between first mining CEO 
if if they do make a decision, do they engage with you and they do, you do it in a controlled manner? And to your ability to then find friendly hands to in which to put at, say, removing the kind of fear of any kind of overhang or dumping into the market and you know restricting your ability to go through those sort of step changes of you know creative growth. And you know, Dan and I chat on a regular basis, Matt. And the other thing that was really interesting, if you remember, there was a lot of concern in the markets that the distribution was going to be a um, uh, an event that could cause huge volatility. We actually found after the distribution, we actually found uh, we, we it, it went well. There was no volatility. In fact, there was a little bit of volatility just prior to it. But if you look at us compared to our peers, we actually did really well from July onwards. So I think we've seen, as Oren said, a lot of those shareholders bought in for the development story. And uh, I, I think they're very happy with what they've now got in, in this project, uh, which they got from buying in originally into First Mining. Interesting. And so um, you took, mentioned 25,000 metres. Is that fully um, funded with the, with the current? Yeah. The, the flow-through funding that we did in, in November of last year of $6.5 million is, is paying yeah. for the, the exploration program this year. And, and, you know, on, you know, it would be, you know, amazing for us to have, you know, some new tar- new successes, new, new new drilling that that shows new targets on the property where we could, you know, opportunistically look to, uh, you know, focus drilling on on some of these targets. Okay, with regards to the spot deal, I should, sorry, I should have asked you that at the time. It was like um, the, it it relates to the um, Goliath complex, right? So, wh- what percentage of your total holdings is that? I, 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 there's there some blue sky which doesn't have a an NSR over it. I mean, we have some. You know, we we have a hundred percent ownership of, of an early stage exploration target that we're going to do some uh, grassroots exploration work on this year, and we have a forty nine point nine percent interest in a in another uh, in another property. But you know, the bulk of 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 our focus is on is on the Goliath Gulf complex, and and the Sprott funding covers the the non exploration side. So it funds all the studies, it funds the work that is required. To take the project from the stage it's at today to where it's a financeable project to build. I think, Matt, you know, it's fair to say we scaled down on the drilling because with the delays in getting assays out of the labs, it makes sense for us to really get the best value for money in the drilling. And what that is requiring is that we do a few holes and then wait for results and then go back. So first prize for me is we get some good results back from the nose fold and the far east and the interlakes and those areas. And then we go out and get some additional flow through funding. We didn't battle to fill the six and a half million last uh, in November. And I believe on good results, we'll be able to raise additional. So the, the Sprott money is, is the hard dollars for the studies, the permitting, the community work and corporate work. Um, but you know, as I say, first prize would be we get some really good results. Fingers crossed, watch this space. And um, we can take that, bring in some extra dollars, and then fast track that to get it into, probably won't make the PFS, but it will be into the FS. And to me, this is not a sprint. This is to get to production. So if we see good results, we bring this in, we do the drilling, it's systematic, we add it, it means our FS becomes even stronger. And that's what I committed to. PA, PFS, FS, growth all the way. 